Well, Sean, we have been talking about the sequence of events that you've been going through. And the first thing that I want to say is, is that you're making progress, that you're seeing a lot of stuff that a lot of other people take a long time to see. So you can start to congratulate yourself for the fact that you are waking up. You can see that stuff. And when you're awake, you're awake and you can see it. And you can put it back in the words that you put was that everything is okay because you can see what's really going on. And therefore, it, all of the really heavy emotions about it, you sidestep to where if you were in fact um, at work or whatever uh, and not thinking about what the mind is doing, then somehow or another it escapes off into a wilderness again. Okay. That's what happens with everyone. And it happens on a regular basis. And what you do is what we always do out of habit because we're already in that habit by the time that the mind has wandered away is that we are now going to be hard on ourselves for realizing that the mind has wandered away and that I'm in, you know, Mustardville or Duca. Right. But where's the joy in that recognition? It's because this the sensation of anxiety, this clenching of the chest. Right, and now you say, finally, I can see that stuff. Look, I've worked myself up into all of this mess again. Am I not glad I caught it when I did, rather than continue to feel bad and not even know it? This now is I'm finally waking up. And so we need to congratulate ourselves. You congratulate yourself for that wake up. You did wake up. You wake up finally after you said 10 minutes. That's marvelous. Most people will go 10 hours, 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 lives. <laughs> the issue is the residual sensation. So even though thought stops, the sensation doesn't grow, but it takes a while to fade away. Because I have fear of the sensation and there's not an acceptance or surrender of the sensation, it, it's it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It feels like something. Yeah, well, that's already because things have gotten too far, is what you're saying. Yes. Is let you 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 don't wake up until you're really fully in the bog. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Maybe now you can be on guard and say, "I'm not going to get that deep into it next time." Next time, I'm going to start watching and and make sure that I, the mind doesn't go off into the that place. You do realize that in the old days, perhaps years ago, you used to spend a lot of time in that bog. Oh, it, I spent the first th 31 years of my life. Well, not 31, okay. but 30 years or something. Yes. So, I, so it's your old mud bath. It's your old home. That's where the mind heads on its own. Like, a, like you know, back in days of horses and buggies, that the horse was always slow when he left the gate going out, going towards town. But on the way home, when he gets close to home, the horse speeds up because he's getting close to home. Okay. And so what does that mean? That means that when the mind is free to wander, it always goes home. The Buddha talks about that with the elephant. When the, uh, the elephant's um, 
especially a big bull elephant that they were trying to uh, capture and train, the first thing is to stake it out. But in those days, they only had vines and stumps and things like that, and these bull elephants could free themselves loose. But the the men, the trainers, would go back and get that elephant because they knew exactly where he was going to go. And they'd go back and get him and bring him back and stake him out again. And after four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times of getting staked out and run home and come back and get staked out, finally the elephant says, what the hell? Might as well just kind of sit and enjoy where I am because I keep getting <laughs> brought back when I run off in the, into the woods, okay? So you can see that analogy for your own mind. Do you think that'll happen to me? My <laughs> mind will, will one day just, just shut up and stop and they leave me alone? <laughs> Yeah, it does. Okay, so now it's out wandering again, and when it does, you keep bringing it back and bringing it back and tying it down to the breath, taking a deep breath. This is so. I'm really glad that I caught you wandering out there. Glad to see you home finally. I knew you were out there someplace, mucking it's, around in all of that bad feelings. Because here I am feeling bad. <laughs> I'm going to say this. It's not going to make you angry, but you're going to heavily disagree with me because I know what I'm about to say is the exact opposite of what it is. That state, that awareness of being able to watch everything, it feels unnatural. Uh, when I say unnatural, it's um, about it two days. It means a skill you don't have. That's, that's what it means. That's why. Uh, it started two days ago. I basically have spent the last two weeks realizing that my mind is simply taking raw sense data for my senses, forming this narrative based on human conditioning and then elotion conditioning, and then spitting out random thoughts and I'm believing everything it spits out. So I was like, wow, the mind is simply for reproduction and survival. It has no truth value. It says nothing about reality, happiness, or any of that. When I That's all that, brand new for humans. There is no animal that ever thought or cared about the truth or reality or anything like that. That's a yes. very human thing. Yes, Monkeys, they don't give a flying understanding about it. I watch animals and I'm like, look at them. They are completely in the moment. They yes. know what to eat. They yes, know they when to sleep. They know when to... They, they, it, seems like, it seems like the intellect given to a human being has gone wild. We, we, and, we've just... Worse, it came from wild that only the human can be as vicious, ugly. All the others just do it because of food. It's only the humans that uh, have in, uh, let our instincts be controlled by a mind that is, is human. But what we need to do is to turn that around so that the human can be fully um, operational, can see things as it really is, so that then we can begin to control the emotions, including, including controlling the kind of thoughts we have. This is why we start with the breath. If you can't control the breath, you can't control the thoughts. If you can't control the thoughts, you can't control the feelings. If you can't control the thoughts and the feelings, you're, um, oh, you're I not know. going to be able to control the mind states that you're in. Okay, But if you can control the breath, now we've got some handle on this. Yes, I can do this. I can actually continue to control my breath. But guess what? In being able to control the breath, we're also controlling the mind just a little bit because what else is there to control the breath with other than the automatic 
but then we're not controlling it. Now it's the automatic that you would call a natural breathing, even though that part of the brain back here in the reptilian brain will make the breathing change according to the nature of the situation. The higher frontal cortex can also manipulate that. Any kind of breathing that is natural that you can do from a pant to a uh, gasping for air, coughing, uh, snoring, uh, deep breathing, shallow breathing, holding one's breath, all kinds of different breathing. Any kind of breathing you can do, you can actually control it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned this. Okay. You, yeah, you mentioned this before. On um, on Friday, sorry, as I said, I spent the last two weeks um, coming to this realization that my mind is not some amazing, it's, it's literally just there for survival and reproduction. It says nothing about truth. So when I realized that, I decided to look at thought and I saw how, how it was completely controlled by what I ate or if I didn't eat or what my mood was, along with a whole host of other things. When I realized that and I, and I stayed as awareness, my mind stopped. It stopped for two days. It stopped for Saturday and it stopped for Sunday. <laughs> Sunday night, last night, I got scared because I'm like, what if it starts again tomorrow? Because I've never been this free, this present, not lost in imagination and memory, just completely as I am. Just being this witnessing present. It was, it was nice. I was scared. <laughs> I walked into work today and it just, sorry, when I woke up in the morning, it just, I would wake up and then it would just bang straight down again, 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 uh -huh. again. It was just, it just, I feel like well, I've been first asleep. Off, congratulations. Now that you've seen what it is like, and you say that it lasted a couple of days. I've heard students say that it lasted longer than that and shorter than that. So there's nothing special about it. But yes, there is that kind of wake up moment or that wake up time when you're working on, oh, yeah, yeah, the mind is, is, is free now. It's not on its own show anymore. It's actually paying attention to what's going on in the moment. Yeah. I, I even said, you know what, mind, do what you need to do. Because I don't believe the things you're saying anyway, so enjoy yourself. And he just went silent. And I'm like, well, go, go now. Now's your time. Shine. Speak as much as you want. But it had, it had nothing to say. But that is unusual. And now you can understand it is also a skill to be developed. Yes. If, if I can, when, when that happens again, if I can rest in, in, in enjoying that stillness, then the mind should want to gravitate towards that because it would be happier. If, if it sees happiness in that, if it's not just, oh my God, I hate this. Why, why can't I do this? If you're enjoying it, then your mind should gravitate towards it, right? Absolutely. And so this is the invitation then. So when you go for 10 minutes at work and recognize that, hey, the mind has gone berserker again, then you can say it very, how to say it, um, nurturingly. Oh, yeah, there you go. You've wandered away again. But that's all right. You can come back and what, pay attention to what's really going on because I'm going to be happy right now. I'm going to sit here and take a deep in breath and feel really good and then take another deep breath and feeling that out breath is just releasing all of those old thoughts and I congratulate myself for the fact that I woke up again 
Yeah, I'm, I'm beating and again, myself up. I'm staying awake. And again, we keep waking up, and every time we wake up, hot dang, I got it again. Yeah, I can come out of that crap. The question is, how long does it last? Does it last, um, let us say, only within one, one breath? Does it last five minutes? Does it last ten minutes? But whenever it lasts, whenever, uh, never mind how long it lasts, the question is, is, can you wake up out of it? And when you wake up out of it, then the first thing you can do is congratulate yourself. The thing that the Buddha said was, aha, I see you, Mara. That's what Mara is. Yes. Do you know how, do you, you need, I'll tell you what's frustrating me. I can clearly see that literally all issues are caused by thought. There are no issues. And the only thing, the only thing that would say there are issues or argue with that is more thought. That is the only thing. This is why. <laughs> that's the only thing. This is why on Friday, when, when, when the mind stopped, I, I, was, I was sitting with it and I was like, wow, this is. And there was a thought that came up, well, if you're not the mind, then what are you? And I was like, no, I see you. You are trying to weasel your way back in <laughs> with this. No, it doesn't matter who I am. All I know is I'm not you. That's all I need to know right now. That's right. Uh -huh. I see you. I caught that. Uh huh. Okay, okay. Because that's exactly what I said. I said, ah, I saw you. You're trying to come in uh -huh. with this philosophical, who are you, absolute, uh, you are everything. No. So later you forgot to say that when it ha when it was coming in, and so you let the whole horde came on, and so when you finally woke up, you woke up absolutely what you would thought was overwhelmed with all of those thoughts. Yes. But in fact, it's only the next one that's going to be overwhelming. Like this is the last straw that breaks the camel's back, except that ah, I see you, and <laughs> sorry you're not getting in. <laughs> So everyone goes to this continual sleeping and waking up and yes. sleeping, waking up. Yes, yes, yes. Every student has this. Every one of us. I did it too. Exactly. This happened because this happened as well. It seems like I'm almost cycling through this. This happened as well about a year ago. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that we'll be tripping along and doing quite wonderfully and then we'll trip and we'll fall down and because it's been so long since we've fallen down that we kind of want to wallow for a while in our own self-pity before we pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and keep boogieing on down life's road. <laughs> so are you telling me that you have permanent awareness of every thought that enters your mind? And you know I'm telling you, I don't have to do that. I'm going to be aware enough to not fall into that trap. <laughs> Cow pies. Okay. So I should stop beating myself up for not waking up and being permanently awake. Exactly so. Stop beating yourself up. And every time you catch yourself beating yourself up, stop it and nourish yourself. Nourish both the beater and the beaten part of you.
the only thing that is true that I feel is nothing. Well, there is nothing. There's really nothing there. There really is no beater and no beaten. It's just a dialogue you got inside your mind. Yes. It seems everything is just, I, I am, this mind-body unit is exactly like the ant or the tree or everything else. It's just doing its own thing. It's the mind that has co-opted and now identified with that is causing the suffering. I can clearly mm. see that. Right. Well, you're beginning to see what the Buddha teaches is in the sense of Paticca Samuppada. There's some very important uh, points in that teaching of Paticca Samuppada. And one of them is, is that consciousness plus all of our memory bases concocted together to come up with an internal representation. And so when we see a person come to the door, we don't see the actual person. We put together an image of that person so that we don't really see that person yet. Okay, and then we either fall in love with or fall out with or whatever it is with this person in our own mind instead of the actual person. That was the, I agree with you. The, in the last two days, that was the same thing because I, when I looked at people, I didn't, I, because I was able to watch thought, I just saw them as, well, the same thing that was watching them. Same. It was the same thing. You don't thing. know them. That's the whole point is that we don't have enough information about any of them to make a decision about them, and yet we're always so judgmental about them. Where does that judgmental come from? It becomes with the fact that we're doing on the, we're projecting on the outside what we're doing on the inside. We're judging. We're saying, was that good or that bad? Oh, you've been absent. You've been absent-minded for ten minutes now. Uh -huh, I can't, you know, and then we, you know, and down we go into it. Why? Because we're judging it instead of going it from the nurturing part. Of, well, welcome back. <laughs> there you were asleep. I hope you enjoyed your nap. <laughs> and what happens when you need to use thought, like specifically direct thought for thinking? Pardon? What happens when you need to specifically direct thought? So it's fine. This is what we're finally doing. We're finally directing the thoughts. Yes, away from negative ones and... Mm -hmm. That we, in fact, we absent-mindedly direct the thoughts a lot. For instance, a jeweler can sit and mount a diamond on a ring and put all the little kind of fingers up and all of that kind of stuff and pay great attention to that for long periods of time and not think about the cares of the world or his bank account or any of that kind of stuff. He can get lost in what he's doing. Coders, computer programmers, and people like that can get lost in what they're doing. Okay. Uh, we get really absorbed into it. That's good. Okay. The same thing is done like with reading. When you get really re uh, absorbed into reading something, you can actually follow what it's doing, keep track of what's going on down through it, and get the benefit out of it without letting the mind start wandering away off of someplace else. But most people don't have that kind of frame of mind and the strength of mind. So when they see something that's written down, they'll have an idea about it. Then they'll start thinking about the idea while the eyes keep following the page, but it's not getting the stuff off the page. And finally, down at the end of the paragraph, somebody might wake up and say, wait a minute, I don't even know what I just read. 
that that happens to me a lot. Uh, about ten years ago, I used to enjoy the experiences you say, movies, music, uh, books. I used to just completely be consumed by them, and it was the most enjoyable. Ex- I can't even remember the experience, but I know that it was enjoyable. But that doesn't happen now. I watch a movie, and my mind is just gone, 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 gone. This is after three years of meditation, one hour a day. No, what's really not. There's another way of looking at it is, is that in the old days, you did not know how gone your mind was. Now that you're meditating, you begin to recognize that, wait a minute, this mind keeps gone, gone, gone. (laughs) It keeps flying away. It's just habitually, it's habitually mad. It's mad. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to protect me. That's the worst thing. It, by In first, Buddhism it, for it, centuries has been called monkey mind. Think about monkey jumping from tree to tree to tree, chattering and chattering and jumping and jumping. That's the monkey mind. Sigmund Freud called it free association. Because it seems that we just jump from thing to thing to thing to thing. The Buddha said, the mind, O oh monks, is fast. The mind is so fast, I don't have any analogy for it. And that's what the Buddha was talking about. The mind is jump, 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 jump. It can go to Saturn and Mars and back to Earth and down to Mercury and to see the planet and see the sun, come back to Earth. And we can do that in three, four seconds. And light don't travel that fast, but the mind does. Okay, so my your advice is to continue continue trying attempting to rest in the awareness of thought. Start, and when yes, I realize that I'm make, not here, here's a way of thinking about it: that you're going to make the determination that you're going to wake up more often to evaluate what you're thinking, to check it out, and whenever you're doing that, you also take a breath and congratulate yourself for remembering to check it out. Okay. And if you find something unwholesome in your checkout, then you can say, okay, out of here, buddy. Only wholesome thoughts are allowed in this saloon. Give me an example of wholesome, give me examples of wholesome thoughts. Oh, wow, what a beautiful day. Don't you feel good? But what if you don't feel good? then let yourself feel good. Why is it that you feel bad? You just feel bad because you talked yourself into it. Why don't you talk yourself into feeling good? But this is the thing. There's still a residual emotion from the last thought that caused this this, this sensation. So there's still this residual anxiety. Yeah, which... so make a change. Take a deep breath and say, wow, I'm glad I caught that. Now I don't have to feel that way. I can feel a new way now. Awareness is the key. As soon as you're aware of what's going on and understand it, especially if you understand it to be hurting you, the mind will not will purposely gravitate away from that. If it knows to be hurting you, the issue now is ignorance. The mind ignorantly thinks by hurting the body and by forming all these monkey mind thoughts that it's helping this mind-body unit. But it's not. If you can show the mind that it's not, it'll stop its shit. Yeah, exactly right. The mind is quite capable of taking a rest. If he stop, if if the monkey stops feeling like he's being chased, that is a beautiful analogy. <laughs> that was good. 
Yes. Okay. You see, right. there's a reason for everything. There's a fuel for every fire. And so why is the monkey jumping around? It's because he's trying to escape from something. Doesn't matter where he's going so long as he's going to be not where he was a minute ago. So that means something dangerous. And that's anxiety. The anxiety is the feeling that something is dangerous. I'm lucky enough to be able to map out my life situation and see that my anxiety is unwarranted, utterly unwarranted. Mm -hmm. So it's purely, it is purely 100%, even though everything is 100%, but this is, this <laughs> is mind. This is like, there's no nothing going on but mind here. This is a mind. Uh -huh. But you can see the relationship between the feeling of anxiety and the monkey mind itself. That the monkey mind both creates the anxiety and then the monkey mind is trying to escape from the anxiety it created. Yes, it creates and then, oh my God, I hate this. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in my earlier days, I took this anxiety as an indication that something was wrong. Now I know it just feels like it's wrong, uh -huh. but it's not. All right. So um, you, can, you can see in this regard that the mind then is the forerunner of these feelings and so the way to learn to control the feelings is by learning to control the mind exactly okay exactly and this is why we start practicing with controlling the breath if we can control the breath with the mind then we can control it with kind the thoughts that would be wholesome with this is a relaxing breath or wow i'm glad i don't have to worry about that whatever that was that I was worried about, that I can get that problem off my mind right now. Everything right now is okay. I can take a break. I can take the moment off. Yeah, you know, you're right. Your entire teaching can be summed up in don't worry, be happy. Yeah, yep. Have you noticed? <laughs> exactly so. It's so obvious, but it's so, it's so obvious. It's just so obscured by conditioning and monkey mind. That's all. Exactly. exactly. That in fact, you can feel the way you want to feel by having the kind of thoughts that you know will bring you to that feeling, that state of joy. See, the issue is, the, sorry, the issue was that I thought my thoughts were a ref true reflection of reality. So I thought I I'm just fooling myself, thinking positive thoughts is not doing anything for me because I know what the situation is like. I'm just running away from it. But now mm -hmm. I can see that's not the problem at all. The situation is fine. It's always fine. It's this that is convincing me it's not. Right. The habits are that the world is not okay. The habits are that the, and the, and the that whole concept of the world is not okay came from us, our own understanding of the world as a child that I'm not okay. All right. And so we develop and keep that in the sense of the first part is, is that I'm not okay, but the world is okay and I need the world to take care of me. And then the world doesn't take care of me. And so I say, okay, the world is not okay either. I can't even, I'm actually being forced, by the way, into being aware of my thoughts because even my happier moments in which I thought I could control how things were and my job and everything is perfectly set, 
I realized that would make me anxious as well because there was this idea of wanting to maintain that. Mm. Wanting to maintain whatever I found perfect caused me stress. The only thing that didn't cause me stress is just, just leaving everything alone. Well, guess what? There's nothing permanent. The question is not that, can you get everything the way you want it and then you can be happy and keep it that way so that you can keep your happiness. The question is, can you get, can you get and keep your happiness no matter what shit goes down? That is my ultimate goal. That equanimity is ultimate, well, was back then. Now I just, there's no that's goal exactly now. Right. Just, that's why everybody's got it backwards. They think that they can get everything together the way they want it. They'll be happy. And now all they have to do is keep things that way and they'll be happy. And guess what? Fine. Things are not going to stay that way. <laughs> no, never. Everything ends. Everything ends. And so just remember to be happy. Don't worry, be happy. But you have to remember that. You have to remember that, hey, this is a bunch of worry I don't need. Let me drop that and just be happy. I'm okay. This moment is all right. As the Zen people would say, you're already enlightened. Why do you want anything? There's also the old the old story about the, the, uh, the Zen student comes to the old master and says, Master, Master, do, do you meditate to become enlightened? The old master looked at him and says, No, boy, I meditate because I'm already enlightened. Being aware of being aware is the highest form of meditation, I reckon. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. I felt like I was meditating the whole of Saturday and Sunday. There was just awareness of everything. Yes. That we're here now. We're yeah. open. Yeah. Sensory and was... input is open. The doors are open. And whatever okay? came... There's no out to lunch sign going on with all of this. <laughs> yeah. It was a two-day solid. And, and Now, uh... here's the thing. The thoughts are still happening. They're just not so verbal. Yes. Oh, I noticed that as well, because I felt, it's like, oh, I can't notice thought, but there's the sensation movement here, so it has to be thought, because that, that related yeah, to thought. There is thought in there, but not all thoughts are verbal thoughts. There are many ways to spend mind moments. <laughs> this is, a, we've got, human beings have such intellect, and now we are attempting to just... Yes. Time to experience that. This is the whole teaching of Paticca Samupada is watch these little things as they pile up. Because there's many little steps. Honestly, I, um, what I'm speaking to you about now, I see as the foundation of and more important than anything that can or will come. Because it is the base of all experience for the rest of my life. Everything that I, whatever I think I'm going through, my job, my whatever, pales in comparison to the kind of understanding that I'm gaining. It is mm-hmm. quite painful, but. Well, the pain is optional. Yeah, that's my own doing. <laughs> Suffering is an inside job. Yeah. Suffering is a completely an inside job. Well, as the skills develop, they'll hone in, in technique. And so uh, the job won't be so sloppy. It'll be more executed precisely, like a surgeon rather than a butcher. 
Okay. All right. I'll, I will continue waking up, and then when I do, I'll pat myself on the back. Right. Gladden the mind. Don't worry about how long it's been you've been asleep. Congratulate yourself for finally waking up. And I should be thankful for the sensation because it is the very realization of, the, of that I'm feeling shit that allows me to wake up. Otherwise, I just... Exactly. Just, exactly. Just, everything is so They're happy. your neighbors. They're honking their horns and say, wake up, wake up, wake up. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd just be lost. Oh, what a nice movie. What a nice song. I want to eat this. I want to do that. I want to smoke this. I want to smoke that. I want this girl. I want that girl. If I was happy, or I thought I was happy, that's what would have happened. Now I'm looking for solutions because I don't like the honks that the neighbors are making. <laughs> well, you keep practicing. I know, Sean, you're doing very well. Congratulations. Keep going. Thank you're you. Making, you're making some marvelous improvements, and you know that. Thank you. I appreciate your words and your time. See you later. See you. Bye.